0: This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. it's Lols here i cannot believe this is the last official guest of season five we'll have a season wrap up next week with the boss o and i like we usually do but this is our last guest of season five it is natural harry who was in fact season five episode one Guest. So we've got her back again because she's got some really exciting news. She's got a book coming out called Home. You can pre order it right now. We talk heaps about the book. We talk about minimalistic living. We talk about our dreams of living in tiny homes and A frame homes and buses and tree houses, the works. Another really cool thing about Natural Harry is that she is an ambassador for Polished Man, just like Travis was last week and I am. So I'm going to put some links in. the show notes just so if you want to get involved and support or paint a nail it's all about ending violence against children ripper cause ripper people um and really easy to get involved with and then finally from talks just sending you some love it's a bit springy and summerish almost now we're about to go and um go for a dip in the ocean big love stay well stay happy Hello, Natural Harry Mark II. Hello, Lola. <laughs> I am so wrapped to be doing this pod number two with you. Yeah, I can't channel. believe it.
1: Pod this time we're doing it two. in your place. I know. In your home. I know. On my home turf.
0: <laughs> oh, mate. And we've got Boss in the next room with Fred. Yeah, So we're all set. Spoiled. The reason why we're having this second podcast is because the first one, which was episode one of season five, went bananas to the point that I was like, maybe we should do another one. And people were like, yes, we want more Harry. So that's why we're here. How good's that? <laughs> also, you and I have had a few hangouts since the first pod and we always go, oh, we should have spoken about that on the pod. But first, I want to talk about something that's on the table here and I'm looking at this beautiful brand new book of yours called Home, which is officially out the 29th of October, so very yes. soon. Yes, but you can pre-order now,
1: right? You can pre-order as of, yeah, last night. <gasps> this has been a, a crazy 24 hours. You're yeah. so calm for... Am I? Yeah. <laughs> we've just had a
0: bit of lunch. We've just snacked on your wedding cake. <laughs> it's been brilliant. Very nice, by the way. What was it? Espresso? Salted caramel espresso
1: cheesecake from Whole.
0: Well, yep. as actually, and holds one of Harry's books, Um, the reason why we're snacking on it is I've been having a sneaky pre kind of like squeeze at home, the new book, and I, of course, I'm a sweet tooth and I went straight to the back and I was like, what is that cake? And you're like, <laughs> do you want some?
1: <laughs> so that that's why we good. got to have yeah, it. Yeah, you're like the second person to see it, I think. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's Very so fresh good. what Very i fresh.
0: love about it is that it it's like a lifestyle like it incorporates more than just food it, we're talking about home self-care rituals yep. um down to soaps and hair washes and i saw a coffee scrub like body yeah. bar kind of scrub yeah. thing like
1: exfoliating bar yeah oh. it's all like really it's all completely natural down to almost being edible. Like the coffee bar is just pretty much chocolate and coffee. Oh, delicious. And like yeah, so so good, so simple. Yeah, all make yourself. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. And I feel like with this book as well,
0: it feels this is just me who's I've consumed all of your books now cuz your <laughs> two other books are in our main living room. This really feels like it's so it's like a timestamp of you right now. Does it feel like it's really It
1: does actually. And in some ways the first two books feel the same. And I think do you find the same with your books? It's a, it is they are kind of like a timestamp. Totally. Of They're where like you a are. Little cap, time capsule. Yeah. yeah. And this one in particular, which is the reason I called it home, is just so much about exactly where we are now. Living now, like it's got a lot of pictures of our house and um, very much related to our lifestyle and how we live at the moment. So
0: yeah. And I feel like your whole, I don't tell me if I'm wrong with your mission, but it feels like you're making this kind of like sustainable, like low waste kind of like lifestyle, very accessible to someone that might not have done a coffee scrub before or had a made their own kind of like any kind of skincare or you made me that anchor perfume that I'm obsessed with, you know. Like I feel like you're making, yeah, low-waste living very accessible to the masses. Is that kind of the goal?
1: I hope so. It is getting more trendy, which is fantastic because, I mean, that's what we need. Yeah. Um, But it can sometimes I think come across as a little bit, Holier than thou, just that sometimes the way that the message is delivered. But I also believe in messages and um, sort of resources and things that you will um, match up, you'll get, you'll receive that information from certain people. So I think there's a whole lot of different ways to deliver a message. Mm. And this is just my way. So I hope so. I hope it's a down-to-earth kind of approach. And I think it is important to make things accessible because how that's how we like create a bit of change and yeah. and also a bit aspirational i get i've always been a bit nervous of making images and things perfect and that goes with the food as well because i don't want it to seem inaccessible so like you can work really hard to make a food a, like say a dish styled to perfection mm. but then the person on the other end might see that and go. Oh, I'm not going to be able to create that too hard basket. Yeah, and not like an everyday kind of food or something. So, I think um, it helps to make things really simple and practical, and maybe not perfect. So that's why I kind of talk about not not having to have. You know, a, I say this isn't social media pantry porn. <laughs> in <the> introduction, <laughs> so like good. it's not about having like that kind of yeah Instagram aesthetic. It's more about like making do with what you have on hand, which is also more sustainable because you're not going and buying a whole lot of matching bottles or something to start again from scratch and throwing everything out. It's finding what you've got on hand to then make um, these products and slowly, slowly do it one step at a time.
0: I I love it. I just want to like take you, put you in my pocket and and soak up, Harry, because even as we do this, we're sitting in your home and – I have. I'm lucky enough to have been here before, and I think I said to, you, "Oh, I'm taking photos for Inspo." <laughs> Do you remember the first time? Yeah, I came yeah. yeah. I'm like when well, I'm in LA, it's, I want this kind yeah. of, and you're like, "It's really easy, Lola." <laughs> like, and and I like that your whole message is like, "Let's just simplify it. Let's make it accessible, yeah. and let's make that excites me as a consumer because for me as well, even with my books, the cooking books that are um, up until now, they've all been recipe books, and pretty much. And I'm I'm not on set cooking them. Like for me, you've got two amazing chefs, you've got a food stylist, you know, you've got, which you know, our mutual friend Karina <laughs> yes, from The Co, um, and you've got an amazing photographer. It's not, I don't even yep. touch the food. I just eat it. I don't – and, I, and when I make it at home – oh, it looks like a dog's breakfast in comparison to the beautiful images in the books. But I feel like that's where the real difference between you and I is. I think you actually, I know you make it and style it and you work very closely with your wonderful photographer, Nick. Yeah, who's also awesome at the styling. Oh, so you two together kind of like intuitively. yeah. I love that. uh, Because for people listening, most cookbooks you see, one, the author, and this is a generalisation, it's not everyone, but like your favourite famous chef, they probably haven't written the book. They've got a, a, a food writer, like a, a recipe creator. Yeah, this is
1: something I've just learnt. I yeah. was blown
0: away the day I yeah. learned this. I was like what have I – I early on figured out to get a recipe tester because I was living in Sydney when I was writing a lot of my recipe books and I was just living in Paddington, had like a shitty little kitchen and so – my oven wasn't great and so the – the do you know what I mean? I needed a and recipe need, tester.
1: Yeah, you'd need that for things like the variables. So different right. ovens and like – yeah, I get a lot of questions about things related to like someone's different appliance and totally. there are a lot of variables. And even like with the first book it wasn't universal so I didn't have the American measurements. Uh, yeah. So there's all that kind of thing. That That's goes, a whole nother beast, whole isn't it? A whole nother beast. That's a, like an amazing thing about that only happened once Hardy Grant, my publisher, came on board and they yeah. universalized the files, it's called, and put all of those like pounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw mine I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, because we've grown up with metric. Totally. And I'm just like, what is that? Like Fahrenheit, don't know.
0: I still have sure. to Google what pounds. If I'm watching an American movie and I, at the moment I'm watching a show about MMA fighters, don't ask me why, but okay. it's <laughs> actually really inspiring because they're so yeah. driven. Yeah. And they talk about cutting weight, these male fighters, but they've got to be under 155 pounds. And I'm always sitting next uh, to Boss Googling converting it to kilos what is that? I know. So, so I can figure out. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I'd like to lose. Thirty pounds in four days, and I'm like, "Oh my god, isn't that like fifteen kilos?" Yeah. <laughs> like, What's your secret, mate? But um, no, yeah. it, it was it, it. I don't know the difference, but the, I guess what I'm getting at with your books is, I feel like you've got such a hands-on approach. And and when I spoke to you when I came into the house to see you today, I want to keep using the word home and house, but, and, yeah. and <laughs> um, but. You were like, it feels really vulnerable when you release a new book. It feels like a part of your heart, right?
1: And it doesn't really matter what the subject matter is. It's, It's vulnerable. It's something you've worked on for two years in this case and many years before that in the development of the recipes and just lots of things that go into it and it is a scary, scary thing. Um, so it's always vulnerable. Did you feel
0: the same? It's- yeah. So when I get, so what's happened with Harry, I'm pretty sure you've got your advanced author copy here. Is that yeah. what we're looking at right yeah. now? So this is the moment that I love. I'm like, oh, I'm holding a baby. Oh. What I can only ever imagine is a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's been more than that. Like the gestation period of a book is, is longer
1: than totally yeah. for
0: me. It's usually around 12 months. Yeah. Usually give yeah. or take, um, but it was but
1: longer from the concept, probably, yeah. Because I, what I was interested to find out with having a publisher, the first book was completely self published. Nick and I produced it completely. Same with mine. That was first. Yeah, yours was too. Yeah, 2020. Was that it? That the, was the first
0: one with the publisher. First, I did Inspiring Ingredients, which is actually cool. right up your. Ali, whenever I can get back to Melbourne, I'm gonna get oh, one for you because it yes, was my please. first book and it was all plant based.
1: Oh my god! Because I was vegan yeah. back in the day. Oh, there you go. It's a 22 I, year
0: old Lola. Just yeah, a I heads want
1: to read up. Typos okay. in my hair. <laughs> typos. Yeah, everything. Oh, there's one typo. Yeah, that's like where's Wally in the first book that I just like look at and I'm like, oh. Oh, no. I don't know if I told you, but my first book that one I was telling
0: you about Inspiring Greens, I did a recipe for this like muesli. And rhubarb, like a brekkie oh, okay. kind of recipe. Yeah, yeah. I love the recipe. I taste tested yeah. everything, and it gets like because it was self published. By the time that it's gone to printers and it's in your hand, I was like, "Oh my god, the rhubarb bit's missing!" <laughs> oh no,
1: in the photo or in the in the recipe? In the recipe? Oh, no, <laughs> it was in the photo <laughs> and the title of the recipe too. Totally like rhubarb music, <laughs> or whatever but just it imagine was. the rhubarb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my point is like
0: uh, it is such a journey, but yes. yeah, with your book, this is what this is what I love about all of your books. So this is book number three, is that you are the one making the meals. You yep. and Nick are the ones that start like you've got such a, and like Fred's in every second photo. Yep. Your incredible dog, who's
1: yeah. he's What is he? A coolie? He's a coolie border collie, maybe. We, we're not 100% sure. Matt and yeah. I are so tempted to steal him <laughs> one day, like it even he today. He loves you guys. He loves I think he the loves Matt the most. Yes. But every dog, I don't
0: know what it is. I've always thought I'm a dog whisperer. Not since having Matt as my boyfriend. He's the dog whisperer. Oh, well, they all just go straight for him. Yeah. I think they
1: energy or something or like, calming. I don't know, like Fred definitely responds to male voices better. I think yeah. maybe it's a, like a bit deeper, more baritone. Yeah. And listens to them. Like, yeah. And Matt's so really
0: calming. Like yes. I'm a bit more excitable and chatty and, yeah. and but Matt's <laughs> just like, come here, little friend. Like he's very yeah. calm yeah. and gentle. And
1: they respond to that. Totally. It's like that with babies too. Like my nephew will, um, you know, you just need so much stimulation all the time but then as soon as he's sitting on Dad's lap and Dad's super calm, he just chills. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, I've got to entertain them the whole time, keep going, keep going. And then, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's so interesting. They say in acting world they say a professional actor never wants to be on stage with a dog. Or a kid because they're so present and in the moment and responsive yeah. to the energy around them. Whereas an adult, we've got all these layers and stuff, yes. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, totally I, know, we... <laughs> I I did want to chat I, about a few things because you and I are similar ages. I figured out, though, I'm like a year older than you almost, I no, think. No,
1: I'm 34. How old are you? 34. We're the same age. Well, by
0: the time Is this it... comes out. I will be 35. You'll be 35. Okay, yeah. So I am Sounds being older. it's a
1: great number I think. It's like really It's hard, it's, it's 5, five years 35. to 40, mate. Scary. Yeah, well, it's it's yeah, it's scary. I can't disagree with that. I've definitely had I think the like turning 34 has been the biggest age that I've really noticed my age if that makes sense. Like yeah. it's been the time that I've gone, whoa. I don't know if it's yeah. because my mum had me when she was 33, so I was always like, "Oh, you know, that's kind of that seemed Old, mature, old. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm like, mommy, you're past that.
0: Totally. Yeah. And that's what I was so excited to talk to you about. Cause I think you and I have got the same philosophy when it comes to having kids. And I just want to share. A a bit of a voice on that because there are so many podcasts I've listened to about freezing your eggs and freezing an embryo. And okay, well, at 37, your eggs are halved or something ridiculous because like we're all robots and got the exact same, like, yeah, it's just so variable. It's yeah, yeah. But I think we had a discussion, I don't know if it was before or after, I think it was after the first pod, and we were like, we're the same age. We're pretty intuitive and kind of trust our journey. I sound like I'm tooting our own horn right now. But what <laughs> I kind of mean is you, I remember, was sitting here having delicious blueberry muffins or something that you'd whipped up and yeah, I said. Yeah, I remember the chat. Yeah, yeah and, I, yeah." and I kind of was like I kind of just want to trust a little bit in. The universe, and if it's meant to be,
1: it's meant to be. But I've always known that I'll be an older mum. Yes, I think I have had the same thought. Like I didn't know how. I don't know how old, but I'd never thought I would be a mum in my twenties. If that makes sense. Totally. And I think it's a hard. It does scare me a bit to try and do the balance, like of work and motherhood, and I'd want to give everything to being a mum um so that does that kind of um frighten me and make me want to trust in in the process as well
0: yeah and i think as well like it's one of the most common questions i get on instagram is when are you having babies when are you getting married have you frozen your eggs they're kind of like the three yeah. things i can't go a week without that happening a couple of times yeah, wow and i think like why do i need to stick to any rule book that says i need to have yeah. kids by 35 like it's an interesting why? one
1: isn't it i i always think when i get any questions like that i think first of all i don't know if that person is around my age they might be younger because i certainly never imagine being this age and it being such a minefield like it's you just have to be so careful and i totally. find it amazing some people aren't because you don't really know what someone is going through you don't know if someone's trying and it's mm. not happening you don't totally. know if they've had an existing condition you just don't know what's happening yeah. um and it can be well it's like in a nutshell it's a bit insensitive isn't it when Why? when someone asks that um and so I think, yeah, I think sometimes I wonder, like I try and be empathetic for their maybe stage of life they're at or something because I'm like, I don't know why you'd ask that. <laughs> yeah, you're much nicer <laughs> than me. I'm yeah. like, oh, we
0: like to match oh, no. this fucking this bitch.
1: Is, this, so is post, <laughs> this is post that. This is like the, the initial reaction oh. to anything rude. I think it's natural to have an initial reaction of, the knee jerk, what, knee jerk reaction yeah. of maybe a bit of like sadness, disappointment, hurt, all of that that happens from a not so nice message, and sometimes their intention isn't isn't bad either. But it, it you do have to be careful, I think, around asking yeah. people about babies, and that is definitely something I never asked before this age, but it's something I've learnt not definitely not to around this age because I think everyone's in a different situation and one of my um best friends calls it the conveyor belt of life like you know ticking the boxes like you know you've had your career have your kids get the house and it's just these things that you're just meant to be ticking Mm. off the whole time and I don't think there's any right way around it like there's no end goal like in the end it's about what it's about the journey um and there's not like you know it's sad to be so quick to want to like tick these these life um sort of milestones off cuz you want to actually enjoy also life i too. said this to my therapist
0: yeah. recently i was like up until this age i have no regrets and i said i don't want to Because I was freaking out about my age and not having kids and a friend had said you need to think about freezing your eggs and intuitively I was like that doesn't feel right to me personally. I've got nothing against it at
1: all. Everyone else's choice is their choice. Totally. And Boss and
0: I have had like some really open chats and he's like, I think we can talk about this in two years' time. He's yeah. like, I think we've, we're jumping the gun a little bit. We can let the journey unfold
1: fold as it needs to, and we can have this and discussion. relax into what's going to happen. Because yes. I, I really think I feel like I will be a mum. That's just my feeling. I don't know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, I feel but that. It's, yeah, for you as but, well. Yeah, I feel that same. But also, it can be tricky because I do find that sometimes I kind of feel like. Um, People with kids will say, I get comments like you do, but they're not so much like when have you got kids, when are you going to have kids Mm. and why don't you have kids. I get more like, oh, but you don't have kids so you like Um, I can't, you know, do that or this or that or do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, I find that a little bit tricky to navigate sometimes because I'm like, hang on, that's the same thing. It's like assuming that you. Don't want them, but I'm only thirty four. I haven't chosen yet. Yeah, but (laughs) you know what I mean. Like it's not a really dear friend of mine is a doctor, and Tim. He's amazing.
0: We used to do laps of the tan in Melbourne together when I lived in Melbourne, and we always catch up. And I'm like, do I need to freeze my eggs? And he's like, calm your farm, number one. He's like, talk to me when you're forty he's like that's how long and one of matt's good friends um did the did the, three, the freak out at 34 the exact same yeah. as what i have felt at 34 and I, and she was like i went to a doctor and i was like okay i'm 34 what do i need to do and he was like well you could have eight kids in your for the rest of your like fertile yeah, how years how reassuring is that and she tried, but she still froze her She would IVF, everything. She, got nothing, she goes, Lola, nothing worked until I turned 40 and went on a holiday to Bali and I just relaxed. Yeah. And, you just, know how and I've heard found that pregnant. story
1: in different iterations so many times? Agreed. And I guess the other thing is, uh, the other sort of advice or, you know, just um, little bits of like chats that I've had to people, I have the common thread through that has been like you can't plan it. You know, like any Mm. friends that have tried to really make it fit into their life Mm. for what the schedule they had, like the schedule that they had in their head to work out like, oh, I want two more years in this job so then, you know, I've got maternity leave and so I want it to be then and it doesn't actually always happen that way. And I don't think the stress helps anything. If anything, it might make it hard when you want to. Totally. So, Yeah. It's, totally. It's an interesting one, isn't it? And it's something I never pictured when I was in my early 20s. I never thought No. Yeah,
0: I'd be almost feel immortal in your early 20s and Yeah. And that's another thing, especially with being in lockdown with corona, I said to my therapist, I feel like I've had to face mortality a lot more than someone usually in their 30s. I think a
1: lot of people have. Yeah, Yeah, because
0: especially those, I remember those images of New York and the freezer trucks of people that had passed away from COVID and these bodies just stacked in freezer trucks. And I was like, how valuable is human life in America? I remember thinking and feeling that and and. And I just, I don't know, I just think with, especially you and I when we do our beach walks and whatnot, I just think we're very much about like intuitively marching to the beat of our own drum, not selfishly
1: but intuitively. Yeah, exactly. There's a big difference. I think it can, yeah, I think there's a really big difference. But just going with the flow and just... Yeah, in a way because obviously there's still work in all of that and there's still like, you know, you you make big choices along the way and everything but just intuition playing a big role in the career moves you make and the personal moves you make as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd I, be yeah. having, taking control of that if that makes sense.
0: Totally. Yeah. And I, I definitely as opposed to kind of being like, oh, my, it's so easy in your 30s, I think, to live in a space of fear. Oh, my God, am I going to get the yes. career to where I need it to be before I have Bambino's? Yes. Am
1: I going like, to... Because there's even... a feeling of an expiry date. Totally. I guess. Yeah, yeah, there's a feeling of as a woman definitely having an expiry date in more ways than one, in more ways than just having a baby and becoming a mother Also, just in your physical appearance, like the expectation of looking young and staying young is much higher these days. In general, I'm generalizing totally.
0: Oh, but even in the 40s and 50s, Tennessee Williams, which is one of the great playwrights, would always write about fading beauty that, that, and like that being something that women had to, like yeah. one of the most famous characters he wrote in Streetcar called Blanche DuBois, she'd never let lights be on her. She'd always have lampshies over them because she was in her mid-30s and she didn't want anyone wow. to see
1: that she was starting to age. Yeah, and we've chatted about that with, like, yeah, acting and things that there is, yeah. there's, But but I really feel like there's roles, especially now, and a different whole dynamic in the way that just from sort of, I guess, consuming Netflix and mm. movies and things during COVID. There are, um, there's a lot more diversity in roles, maybe. And we've got Definitely. better at like, yeah, some leading roles have been older people or yeah, just more totally. diverse in age. Yeah. And
0: I and I was saying to a friend just yesterday, I really hope that our generation, you and I, we are the generation that kind of like pisses off, like when I say piss off, let's go of those ageism constraints. Yeah. And, you know, like because if you even go back 50 years, a woman's role was pretty specific. Yes. You know, house, kids, yes. you know, your, your your life might not be as long as what the lifespan is now. You know, you, yeah. you were just expected to kind of like carry and bear children. Yeah. And I think like we're in a time where, you know, Yeah, there's more gender fluidity. There's so much other stuff going on. I think that it's a time where you should be free to be whoever the F you want to be.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's moving in that direction, I think. It feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And there's more people, I guess, this is not my choice, but there's more people choosing not to have children and being okay with that, which I think wouldn't have been acceptable 50 years ago, like everyone would have thought. You are crazy. I have know. noticed
0: a few friends. I've got a few friends that are, I don't know, like 20 years older than me and they'll often, that if they don't have kids, they'll often be like, oh, my God, freeze your eggs now, freeze your eggs now. And I'm like, I get that okay. that's your yes. experience and, yeah. I, and I love and respect you for yeah. caring and about me. But I find that really triggering too. I just think like I'm so in that's tune. It's,
1: someone push- it's hard not to. You sort of have to be protect yourself a bit, yeah. don't you, when you're in yeah. conversations, and things because – People will put their own experience onto you, you know, like live vicariously, not live vicariously through you, but
0: like a yeah. stage mum. Because
1: it's a caring thing. <laughs> yeah. Too. They're like wanting to protect you. Perhaps they, yeah, it hasn't happened for them and they wanted it to. Yeah. So that's them like putting that totally. protection mechanism on. Do you but know? It, but you take it on. And totally. I've had the same thing. And I like what I've had a doctor say to me, you know, we should start talking about fertility now or something when I just went for something else Mm. and I was like oh gosh like you know it just sort of does jolt you a bit but then went to see my acupuncturist and she was like you know there's a biological age as well like there's the you know you're fairly healthy you're really healthy and you know look after yourself and things and that's a different you know everyone has a different biological age so she was like just chill out yeah (laughs) and I think that's the best
0: advice as well and I think Like a good friend of mine who, Pippi, who I've had on the podcast, she, man, she went through so many rounds of IVF, I think like eight rounds, failed attempts. Um, That was her and her husband's embryos, you know, like she went down that path, had a surrogate, lost Bambinos at like seven months or something like that, and then eventually had these two Bambinos via surrogate. And I just think... Where there's a will, there's a way.
1: Exactly. Do you know what I mean yeah. as well? Like if you yeah.
0: real, if, if your dharma in life is I want to be a mama bear, there's going to be a way, like even boss and I were like, we could adopt a kid one day. Do yeah. you know? Like there's, yeah. there's certain way you don't, I just don't think it needs to be black and white and like you need in to. In a box. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Think, and as creatives and as people that kind of chase their own dream and yeah. kind of. Set the path for themselves. I think that means that you have to with your entire life. Yeah. It's not just like, well, my career. I'm going to be in charge of. You kind of have to take,
1: yeah. A bit and of- being multi passionate. And I also oh, I think like that. that, like, yes, I could. You know, for the people who ask me why I haven't had kids and things yet, I'm like, yeah, I could have had kids. I could have had kids early twenties or or mid twenties, but none of the books would exist. Like, there's no way I could do. I work like like you. I mean. It's not always intense in the moment but probably like, you know, 14-hour days most of the time. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't enjoy it but we work all the time over the weekend. There's no way that like what I have produced would be out there if I had kids at the moment. I'd have to change the whole structure of it. It would be very different Yeah, um, and hopefully still going but it's not, it wouldn't be possible. So I'm like... You also, know, the shop, choice I'm making the to van, share this, yeah, all those other things that have led yeah. you to this point would yeah.
0: probably not have happened,
1: yeah. And lots of the things that you oh, do, because it does. I really value having nannied multiple times. Like I've had two different nannying jobs, both of long, long-standing mm-hmm. nannying positions. I've got a niece and a nephew, and friends with kids, and I'm really close with my sister that has two kids. And I really appreciate the time and how intense and how massive the job of being a mum is. And mm. so I really can that I don't it wouldn't say it's giving me a fear to to then do it, but it's made me appreciate that the freedom I have now to create everything in natural Harry wouldn't be possible totally. with kids in tow. Totally. So I get confused sometimes because I'm like, hang on, you, you want me to have Kids and you also want all this Yeah, (laughs) You can just do everything. (laughs) Yeah. Like need to have eight limbs sometimes. But, yeah, like it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. I
0: appreciate you sharing that because I just wanted to give another, like look through another lens, which we haven't spoken about, definitely not on this podcast yet. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And I know because of our beach walks, we've had these yeah. discussions before and I keep going, oh my God, we needed to talk about that on the pod. Well, it's been so.
1: amazing. Like it's so nice to talk to someone. It's actually so reassuring to talk to someone the same age mm. in a kind of similar life position that is just, you know, sort of toying up, questioning this, discussing it and things. It's so mm. nice because it's a, you don't really talk to your friends with kids about it and you don't really talk like it's a... It's the specific people you can kind of talk about it with. Totally.
0: Yeah. And I think this discussion hopefully will normalise it a little bit
1: for anyone Hope in so. the same boat. Yeah. Uh,
0: and do you know one thing sign so Because I did a little Instagram live and someone asked me about it and I, and I kind of But in a nutshell kind of said, what what we're talking about. And somebody, this wonderful, wonderful lady wrote to me after and she screen grabbed this book about female fertility and she said, please stop worrying about your age. She's like, the second highest rate of abortions are women in their early 40s. Wow, because they're still very, very fertile, but they've already got three kids, or they don't want another that's kid. So interesting. And she's like, people just don't focus on that when they're telling you the narrative. She's like, you're a very healthy person. There's a high chance you're going to be what fertile. A yeah, and yeah. it really kind of made me go, oh, oh just yeah. Relax and into I that. do love that you mentioned acupuncture because I think fertility and acupuncture go hand in that's hand. That's always been yep. That's always helped me with my own hormonal balancing, yeah. anyway, and period pain stuff like that. So, i th- I think that if you've kind of got this, uh, for lack of a better word, but almost tribe, like you know, okay, I've got my acupuncturist, I've got my natural, you know, and you've yeah, got you this little, team. Yeah, yeah, this little, like you'll find that the body is going to find homeostasis in more ways than one, like energetically as well. And that's kind of I think that almost magic elixir for life.
1: Definitely. I think it's always healthy to work towards fertility anyway because if you're looking after your hormones and things, you know, and and working towards being fertile, that is health in a nutshell too. So I have a naturopath that I see and an acupuncturist. That's my main two things that I do. Um, and the, you know the business name of the acupuncture is Natural Fertility Gelong. Yeah, you sent me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's like in the name. So often, if I ever tag them or anything, people assume I'm trying to have a baby. Of course, but it's just it's still healthy to be looking after your hormones always, no matter if you're wanting to have a baby now or not. Even if you've had babies and you're, you know, going forward, it's it's a good thing. But even to do. fertility is literally,
0: aka, hormonal balance. Definitely, it's not like oh, we're going to yeah. pump up your. Amount yeah. <laughs> of eggs that are going to be released this month. Yeah. Like it's not like yeah. it's literally like just looking after and hormones is skin. It's the way yeah. you're li- like liver. all bodily
1: functions. It's like yeah. it's the yeah functions of your body. Yeah, big time. And stress like cortisol oh, production and yeah. things is all linked to hormone balance and things. So insulin I think it's as well. Yeah. It's just
0: it's huge.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank
0: yeah, you. you're amazed. Uh, this next one might be a bit of a curveball because I didn't yeah, okay. write this in our little oh, um. Deep a brief. brief question. Have you noticed over the last three or so weeks I have got a little heavy-handed in tagging you in tiny home photos on the Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: No, no, like um, tree houses and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very real dream of mine to live either in one of those A-frame cabins. Yes. Oh, in a forest somewhere. yeah. I just think they look. Someone
1: high up, they usually go with like mountains oh, and things. very mountainy, mountain-y. Yeah, yeah. very piney, Beautiful. like a yeah. bit piney. Yeah. A um, um, piney. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you do know that when you welcome people to your house when you have it? You'll be like, this is a piney house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got the name of it right there.
0: Yeah. Uh, or like a tree house. Or to me, it's just that earthy way nature. of nature. Nature. Sounds like
1: nature. Yeah.
0: But I feel like you are already tapping into that. Like even the like the aesthetic of your place is very naturey. There's plants, yeah. there's like earthy tones, stuff like that. And it feels, it feels like a big tiny home. Am I saying that right? It is
1: a big tiny home. Like this isn't what a technical term for a tiny, the technical term for a tiny home is. Or definition, sorry, is those ones that fit on a trailer that you can tow. So, oh, like, true. technically, this is way bigger than a tiny home. It's forty square meters. If anyone's good with their spatial awareness, I'm not at all. <laughs> it but sounds huge good. or small depending on what you think. Um But it's yeah, it's not technically a tiny home. Yeah.
0: And is it true, Fraser, your husband?
1: Yes. can I call him a husband? But yeah, you can call him husband. <laughs> I like husband. <laughs> He it, called me wifey the other day and I was like, harby? No, no, that doesn't <laughs> fit. Oh, I'll good. try something else. Yeah, husband's <laughs> cute.
0: Um, He kind of like helped, had a hand in making it functional and yes, livable definitely. and stuff yeah. like that. So
1: he's a carpenter and he's a sustainable building designer. And this is definitely like, you know, this was sort of happened organically and it's very much found materials, recycled materials, discarded materials and things. So it probably does help to give it that earthy Mm. feel and a lot of it was also like what because we're on a tight budget that's why the walls aren't painted inside that are really woody looking I like that yeah a raw ply (laughs) if any ever I get asked about the raw ply a lot um yeah so it is it is earthy I think but it's kind of a, a reflection I think that's one of the beauties of of um creating your own house if it's if you can, and this is just a very tiny version of a house, is that it is a reflection of your personality and so you totally. feel so at home. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And it's very much phrased aesthetic which is very, who's my husband? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is very earthy and natural and um, has touches of me in the materials and things too.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. and yeah. was the whole
1: book pretty much shot here, other than you whole book swimming in so nature. Not, not yeah. whole, but home. <laughs> home was shot here. Yes, no, other than the photos of me swimming and at the beach, they're all local. Mm-hmm. But um every book was shot here. We yeah, that room that's just behind where Lola's sitting, um, is where we shot every single <sighs> recipe in every book. One one day we did thirty recipes. No, that's unheard of. So thirty-six. 36. No. Yeah. So just
0: to clarify, like for my books, we would maybe get
1: six to ten. Ten was a big day. Yeah. Big day. Look, I didn't know that was normal. So when we (laughs) so I decided to write the first book, bumped into Nick one day. I think I might have I might have told the story on the last pod. Yeah. Bumped into Nicole Ramsey one day. Asked her if she might be interested in, to in doing it. We kind of chatted, and then I just got organised, and I was just like, like I didn't think to ask what would be normal to do. I don't know what's normal. We needed to be friends back we then. We <laughs> needed. To, I needed you because I was like, okay, thirty six recipes. Yep, got those ready, and like literally, ever I made everything. So I yeah, just wow. was like frantic in the kitchen, like wow. frantic, but a lot of planning ahead. Like, oh, spiced chickpeas. I could probably make that the day before, yeah, and then they'll be okay, and they'll still look fine. Like, yeah, all of those kind of things. There was lots of organising, yeah. lots of lists and things. Yeah. But because they're all recipes I've made ugh, like so many times over, it's kind of second nature. Yeah. It did help in that way to be. But this is a small house too and that room is tiny as a studio. Yeah, it was but pretty epic. So, how, so was that for Hole, did you say? That was for Natural Harry and the same for Hole, but Hole had more recipes and then we shot a lot of those on locations too like we had a surf picnic we did yes. camping and like it was Again, a lot more. jealous I wasn't your friend then <laughs> I would have been like give me you that uh, wedding cake um yeah but how long fun. would a shoot take usually um oh like over 12 hours for those days but so like, look, say
0: you do one day of thirty-six recipes or something. Like, is that all the recipes? Like, for me, a book, a cookbook oh, shoot two in weeks. Total?
1: Oh, so we probably did ten days yeah. for whole. Yeah. Excuse me, <laughs> ten days for home, um, but that's over like months. Like home was probably four or five months of shooting, yeah. and that's like because because we want it to be so authentic, and like there are studio shots in there but they're, uh, they're in situ in the time of year and the time that suits it as well. Do you know mm, what I mean? So like yeah. we might fit in sometimes it's weather dependent, um, you know, different things like swimming, surfing. Of course. Um, that kind of thing. And then with whole it was probably over two months. Got you. Which, yeah, was like. That's the beauty of you creating your own images that though. That is you the don't, benefit. You don't get that with yeah. your-
0: uh, no. If the publishers were like, no, we'll shoot it, you would, they'd just, because they've got time constraints and money constraints. Yes. Usually they're like, well, this is what we're blocking out. Yeah. You've
1: got to get everything in this time or it's cyanide. And that's the beauty of it, of us doing it here, because it's me organising that. And Nicole lives locally and we could kind of arrange those things. But we did spread them out, but you couldn't do that. You're right. With a, um, with a publisher that has organised the shots, yes, and you're I'm lucky. lucky that Hardy Grant were really happy to let me have and Nicole have free reign with Home, so good, yeah, with the images and things. Oh, yeah, how did you come up with the front cover of Home? Um, oh, that was we were shooting something else gorgeous. that day, and <laughs> <laughs> well, like let's just do some test shots for the cover because we really didn't know what we wanted, and it was like how to fit in the whole concept yeah. of the book, but not be too um staged. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it was totally. very much natural. It was like in the morning after a swim. We'd literally been to the beach for a swim and um the sun was out and we were like, oh the shampoo recipe might be cool. Okay, well I'll just jump in the shower. So good. Yeah. And so it is Which is very a beautiful much, outdoor
0: shower, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's and it was freezing. This is not hooked up to hold. <laughs> um but that's okay because it was a warm day. But it is um very much it was just a little bit fly by the seat of our pants for that particular one because we do plan a lot of them because oh, so you do cool. have to. There's a lot of moving parts. Like people, will, like they look natural and a lot of them, they are natural, but a lot of the time you do have to organise a few things, have to match up, yeah, which you know. Yeah. Oh, but
0: like you're doing it all. I'm not. I'm just there for the food and fun. Like they'll be like, Lola, put your hand oh. in <laughs> there, sprinkle some lavender. I'm like, No worries. And now like the photographer the day before be like, can you make sure you got that color nail polish? Or can you make sure you got no nail polish? Wow, like, oh yeah.
1: Cause we'd get to the so we'd like, I'd be pouring something and Nick would be like, oh, hurry your nails. Cause I'd be gardening the day before like, quick, put do something with that. Yeah. <laughs> so good.
0: Well, yeah. I kind of digressed because I kind of wanted to talk a bit more about tiny homes, only because do you see yourself, like I know you've got um, you've traveled so much in your past and um, do you see yourself always kind of living in this kind of a setup?
1: Uh I think something similar, but I think what it's taught me was we came here, I've talked to you about this before, um, but I don't think we've talked about it on here. We came here out of necessity. Like we had were running the caravan and um we just we had to stop paying rent on the house we were living in. So like we just moved to this like tiny little rundown place and started doing it up ourselves. And it was out of necessity. We, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would have chosen a small, really tiny space. But what it's taught me is that you don't need much. So I can definitely see myself living in the future in a not in not a massive house. Mm. But I can't see fitting a kid in here. Like I think that's oh, yeah. one thing that I think people really don't. Yeah. Um, and I know people live in buses and tiny houses and many things with My kids cousins live and make in it buses? Work. Yeah, with that's a right. Kid? Kid, yeah. yeah, in the tiny home they had or a the tiny different... home that they sold and then, oh, they, and then they they got a school in bus. bus. Oh, they're so cool. Oh, they're very cool. They, people call them schoolies. If anyone wants to look really? up, that on, it's like S K O O L. I think. On, oh, I love on that you know this Instagram. They're so cool. That oh. would be a dream, but it's oh, not yeah. that easy in Australia. I'd love to do that. I'd love to live out of something. Mobile. Yeah. But it's not as easy in Australia to kind of just pull up anywhere nice. And we do end up going to more like national parks, a bit more remote, a bit more camping style, not as much caravan parks. So probably couldn't see myself doing that just because you do end up in caravan parks on the sides of roads and things like that. But in America it's much more free. So when you're there, you can do that. Do you like Airstreams as well? Yeah, they're cool. They've got that real
0: 50s kind of silver bullet vibe. They're American. They've got heaps of those over there, I I've stayed in – there's one you can stay at uh, in Victoria. It's called Peggy Sue.
1: That's the name of it. Yeah.
0: Got little fairy <laughs> lights above the bed. That's so and, cute. Oh, very romantic too. Yeah, funny. but I
1: could I could definitely see myself living in the same kind of scenario, but probably not like for future future quite as tiny. You'd need another room maybe. I'm just, as I
0: you're think, explaining this and you're basically saying like, oh, yeah, I can live with not much, I'm like I've literally just bought a box of ha- for Harry and like <laughs> I get goodies. sent all this stuff and it's like yoga clothes and like dresses. I'm so and, excited. So I've probably given you too much stuff and you're going to be like, bloody Lola. No way. <laughs>
1: I'm never going to refuse a Prezi. I can't
0: wait to dig into it. I want to finish by talking about purpose, which we kind of – I think we naturally talked about last time just because you're talking about your purpose, that's just in your being, that's who you are. But I think, um, you know, the yogi word dharma and living your truth. And I think I can feel so clearly what the purpose of this book is. Like I can feel it, I can see it, I can, It. like I said, it fits you completely. To take it a level out of the book, what would you say you're, like in acting school we call it, Super objective. Okay. Like if you're an actor, a character in a play, what's super objective? And so, yeah, what is like your purpose or dharma? What would you say that it is right now in your life?
1: I would say it is making things that perhaps are a little, can be seen as a little bit like mundane or boring, a bit cooler and accessible. Like things like, you know, living a little bit more minimally. I'm not saying being a minimalist but like, you know, treading a bit lighter on the earth, yeah, and that kind of thing accessible, real, doable, and kind of an attractive prospect, like so it's worth doing it for you, not just because you're looking after the environment, but it's because it's just a smarter option. So I think that's my purpose, and the same with the food and things like that is just to make eating more veggies accessible and cool. And yum, yeah. And <laughs> so anyone can just do it. It's not about having like some epic different skills that everyone else has, or some kind of different whole lifestyle. Mm. It's just, I think that would be I love my that. purpose. Yeah, oh, I it's love just it. being a DAG. Yeah. to make it accessible. What, voice, what do you <laughs> call yourself? Is it Splodge the Kangaroo? Oh, you call yeah, yourself yeah. from Blinky Bill. <laughs> He's like. <laughs> Because you love, I feel like that age stuff is just an eighties baby thing to know. Splodge. I or, well, I
0: I know Splodge but not yeah. to the extent. Like, but as soon as you said Blinky Bill, I figured it out. Yes, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But this is, the kind of that'd, big that'd dopey it. kangaroo on Blinky Bill for anyone that doesn't know. But I think like one some feedback I get. Is that I am kind of go- come across as quite goofy? Quite I get kind quirky, coordinated. Yeah, like everyone's got something, isn't it? Have Some you ever just walked in high heels? Cool. Have you ever walked in high heels? Um, yeah, I look like a foal that just got born, right? Same. And it's just like trying. You to would survive. especially because
0: of your long limbs. Yeah, it's not good. My, I used to wear them because I used to work in uh, fashion and start as did you, and I and my. Um, boss at the time, who was the designer of the shop that I worked at, was like, "You literally are walking, looking like a daddy long legs. Like, <laughs> just send one yeah. leg out first,
1: yeah. and then the next."
0: To this day, to this day, and I'm really so lucky. you don't wear them. No, and boss is the same height as yeah. me. He's going to kill me for saying that, but he's the oh, same so height. The is the same so height. it's perfect. Yeah. it doesn't really suit for me
1: to wear high. Yeah. It's like even if I wear a beautiful frock. Give me a pair of converse. Oh, and throw in a drink and a dance floor, and it's like not see it's you just later. A disaster a disaster <laughs> way to happen. It's not cool. Not for me.
0: So good. <laughs> I'm glad that you. Well, so I get told goofy, quirky, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that that's it's good because it's it's showing people that if you're not the status quo, it's still awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah,
1: I like that, and I think that hopefully, yeah, people see. Us being goofy and go. Oh, I don't have to be like perfect or cool or look the same <laughs> as every other Instagrammer. Did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tried to be cool in my early twenties and didn't work out for me. Oh yeah, nah, nah. Didn't work <laughs> out
0: for me either. <laughs> <laughs> um. What and and I just want to end on like uh, for people listening that might be kind of like, oh, my God, like she lives the dream. Like she lives this, she's got books out, she's got an epic dog. Well, that's probably me being like, oh, my God, I (laughs) want Fred. But that maybe like especially with like corona and lockdown, I think it's forced people to face their values a little bit and what they really want and get pretty honest with themselves. Yeah. What is your advice for someone that's like got a passion of some sort or a dream but they're struggling to kind of commit to it? It's a loaded question. I apologize. No, that's okay. <laughs> if
1: you I think if you're really struggling to commit to a dream, I think give it some time. That might sound a little bit counterintuitive because oh, okay. I I think that um I think it's like finding the difference between if you're str- what what is the reason you're struggling to commit to it would be the question I'd ask. If it's fear, then that's probably not a good reason to not commit to it. Mm. Um, but if it's something like it doesn't feel right, if it's an intuition, gut reaction, mm. then then I don't think I think um, that's a reason not to commit to it. But I think if it if it's a fear thing, if you're struggling to commit to something, it's really like looking at it and then thinking, what would life be like if I didn't do that? And that might make you realize you need to do it because I- it's looking at what the outcome could be of not doing it. Totally. Does that make sense? Yes.
0: And yeah. I, I had a guest on called Purvis Taylor who's a life coach and he said fear is just when you're out of your comfort zone. It only crops up when yeah. comfort goes away. Yes. So if you kind of look at it like that way and it's a constraint of the mind and like we build everything up to be way worse. It's a protective mechanism from like Ice age. Ice, ice age. tigers yeah. running yeah. after us. But I think if you kind of look at it like that and it's like, oh, it just means I might be a bit uncomfortable. Yes. It becomes a little bit easier to digest to know that, hey, if you want to be successful, you've got a dream or you've got a passion. It goes
1: part and parcel with it too. I think that's the other thing that I have realised is that I there's nothing I've created with Natural Harry or done that hasn't been scary. Like it's mm. going fear comes up in every good thing that you go to do. And also, I might say every bad thing. Like I'm bloody scared of skydiving. I'm not I'm not saying I'm gonna do it.
0: <laughs> I I now, did it. I loved but, it.
1: Yeah, you loved it. But it was scary, but like I, think, I had like, sweaty palms. I mean, so. there's if it's a if it's a dream to create something, for example, and it's not something that's gonna put your life in danger, if it's just putting yourself out there. Creating something that might help somebody, and the fear is just the vulnerability thing. Then I think you need to look into like past that, and it's just going to crop up in everything you do when it comes to like getting out of your comfort zone. And fear is just hand in hand, and good things come from pretty much everything that you do out of your comfort zone. I love that. It's not gonna, not to say that you won't get a vulnerability hangover, which I get every time I do any Instagram post, produce any blog post do any work for anyone, create the books, recipes, everything. It's that like, but it usually points me in the direction of it's something good. So what's a sense. vulnerability hangover? Is that when you're like, oh, here yeah. it is, and then you're like, oh, my God. Might have shared something um, personal yeah, that can help other people, but it's just the fact that you've put yourself out there and then there's that feeling after it. It's a bit of a, oh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yes. that's what I'd call a vulnerability hangover.
0: I like that like re- recently on my Instagram I shared that I had a lump cut out of my arm and I yeah. was so nervous to share that and I kind of sat on it for a week and I was like, I don't think I wanna say anything, I don't think I want to say anything. And it was just because I
1: was fearing judgment and yeah. and 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 that's that same. And the vulnerability is kind of the fearing of judgment, I think. Totally. But the thing is, the thing I've realized is that you're gonna get judged in no matter what which way you totally. do things. It doesn't matter. You're not gonna, never gonna please everyone. Yeah. Um. Because, and that's not a reason not to do it. Yeah, I like. it. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. You make me want to chase fears now. <laughs> I love it. Natural Harry, thank you so much for jumping on the podo. Home, home book number three is out on the 29th of October, but yep. available now for pre order. I cannot wait to see this little puppy fly. I'm <laughs> this so book. excited. It's the perfect size too. You can still chuck it in your bag and take it shopping when you're getting ingredients yeah, and whatnot. So tiny I'll bit love smaller that. than the first two. Yep. And um, oh, mate, I could do podcasts with you every day. So total, total dream. I'm going to go on Pat Fred now. Okay.
1: Like <laughs> <laughs> big love. <laughs> Thanks, legend.
0: That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at yummololaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And of course, spread the love.